And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. And welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. Doing all right. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Um, Pascal can't be here tonight. He's collecting brown envelopes that Barcelona left all over Catalonia and forgot about. So hopefully he'll be back with us next, at the end of the week or next week, I should say. Yeah, um, hopefully not knocked off, you know? Well, yeah, you, you never know what's going on with uh, what's going on with him. Hopefully he'll be able to get out of the country with the money strapped around his waist. Jesus. So, so um, we did the right at the end, just me and you after the game the other night. Yep. We said about how good a win it was. We didn't really go into too much. So let's let's just talk about it a little bit. Um, the starting lineup, there was a lot of changes. We kind of nailed it as much as that. I think we've you know with Tommy Asu coming in, but White and Gabriel keeping in place, and Ramsdale coming into the coming in up front uh, in goal and. Jorginho obviously in midfield and stuff. Was there anything in there that you would have liked to have seen done differently? Um, you know, uh, you, you know, obviously, uh, Sago, Sago Junior. Am I saying that right, or is it Sago? I don't, I don't know. But uh, he was obviously a, a big surprise to me. Um, I try to keep abreast of the you know under twenty one team, and he's even kind of uh, escaped my radar a bit. I mean, I've heard the name of course, but I, I, you know, I didn't even know what position he was or anything. And um, yeah, so, I guess he's had a good start to the season. I think I read he's, he's, I don't know if it was four goals and, and an assist in five games or four assists and a goal in five games, but it's something like five involvements, goal involvements in five games for him at the uh, under, under 21 level. Yeah. I believe uh, he played United under 21s last week and got a hat trick of assists. Um okay. Yeah, um, you know, not 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 saying anything you said is wrong. I just, you know, that that's a pretty big deal at under twenty one level. You know, um, hey, and um, other than that, though, I don't think there was much of a surprise. I'm looking at the lineup right now. I I, I like it, Gaff. I I think it was a strong, good cup lineup. In yeah, diff- I, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I was I was quite happy when I saw the team. It was it was pretty much what I what I expected it was it was going to be. And I thought for, for large parts of that first half, especially, it didn't look like the disjointed teams that we've seen in the past in Europe, especially. I thought when we kept the ball on the deck, and we'll come on to that in a bit, but when we did keep the ball on the deck, we were cutting through them pretty, pretty easily. Um, as well as the goal, you know, Smith Rowe had that really good chance in the first yep. half that he, that I wish he'd have been able to bury that one, but it was, it was a good move to get there. Yeah. But, the, you know, I thought we actually played some good stuff in that first half. No, I did as well. And I, I wonder, I mean, I, I don't know how much of a connection, you, you know, there's clubs like Barcelona and Ajax, especially that uh, they purposefully plan to play the same way through all their academies. I don't know how much Arsenal is, is like that. I know Arteta's got a lot of control now. We always used to be like that. Under Wenger, that was always a big thing to play yeah. the same way all the way through the through the yeah. uh, age groups. I remember that. Yep. And I, I when I when I look at this team, 
a lot of these guys, except for the newcomers, have been have have at least played with the under 21s. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Tomiyasu, Smith Rowe, of course, uh, you, you know, and then Nelson and Kedia, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure Kivior, if I remember correctly, I think he even got one or two games when he first signed. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering, but, um, you know, it makes sense that this team was actually jiving a little bit better than your standard just hodgepodge team for the, you know, Carabao Cup. Yeah, and it was good to see Reese get amongst the goals as well. You said he'd been trying a little bit too hard, I think, to make an impact in the last the last few weeks when he's come on. So it was nice to see him be impactful. It was uh, an assist for Eddie, um, although it, was, it wasn't the greatest ball back ball back to Reese. He only just about just about got on the end of it, but it was it was good to see. Yeah, yeah, I I, I loved Reese in this game. Honestly, I I I was a little critical of his uh, his North London Derby appearance because I thought he was trying very hard to make an impact. But this game, he just seemed like he, uh, you know, w- w- was just trying to be a team player and be the senior, uh, you know, lending Colney kid out there. And I, I think he was. He was brilliant. I I loved Reese in this game. There were some really good performances, actually. You you asked me last week uh, if I thought Ramsdale had ever made a better save than the one that Ryan made. Well, I think he made one in this game. Um, that was a, a really excellent save to get down and, and tip that on the post. And I thought he was good all night. He he did. He still hit it long a bit too much for me, um, but he was certainly a lot more composed on the ball than we've seen him in a while. No, I thought he was very composed, and um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, though. I think he did hit it long way too much. I think there was, um, like, maybe a lack of control. Is is that the right way to say it? Like, I, I don't think he was able to make the pass he wanted to every time, so he defaulted to playing long. Um Overall, I think this I thought... has to be an instruction from the manager, though, when we get under a bit of pressure to start going long. And it, it doesn't work. There's no doubt it doesn't work. But I think it has to be an instruction from the manager. I mean, he bought six foot four for a reason, right? Did you <laughs> did you hear what Arteta said, though? Uh, go on. Which, which bit was this? Oh, man. I, I, wanna, I want the quote completely, but I don't know if I can find it in a... But us, us going long is a trait. Like, this isn't just something that just happens. There, there is at any point in the game, Arteta, who spends most of his time outside of his technical area anyway, could just say, stop going long. And he doesn't. And it's, you know, and even just from kickoff, you know the kickoff that we do, that ploy, that tells yeah. you that Arteta is not averse to going long. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I, all right, I have an article here, uh, well, just just paraphrase for me. Is he is he is he for it? Is he against it? Is he saying it's not his plan? Um, yeah, he was basically like we um, we went long longer than I or we went long more than I intended to and lost a lot of the control of the game. But we do that every game. Like there are times in every game where we start doing this. So if he wasn't happy with it, first off, he wouldn't have bought six foot four. And secondly, if he if he wasn't happy with it, we wouldn't keep doing it. Well, we wouldn't keep sitting on a one nil goal lead and losing. Well, I, he, I, I don't know. He, I don't think he's upset sitting on one goal leads. I think that he kind of likes that. 
he loves those type of victories. But I just, I don't know, the the, the going long thing, it, it, it's just a constant. Like it happened when Raya was in goal as well as Ramsdale. So I just, I don't know, I struggle to believe that that is just the players deciding that on their own. I struggle to believe that as well. Yeah, so I agree. But there were some other really good performances as well. Um, I thought Tommy at centre-back had a, had a really good game and we may need him because now we're hearing Saliba's got a, got a knock. Um, I thought Gabriel was absolutely brilliant on the night. I thought Gabriel, I know Reese got the official man of the match, but for me, I thought Gabriel was man of the match. I thought he was absolutely superb. And Kivior had a good game as well. And that block towards the end when he slid across, and I think that ball was was going in. I think Ramsdale was beaten. Um, that was that was superb. We defended yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great block. And um, yeah, I agree. I think all the backline did well. Um, you know, I it's the first time we've seen Tomiyasu at center back, and I I thought he was brilliant. Um, it, it's great that he's, you know, presented this option to us, especially on a season where we lose someone like Timber. Uh, you've got another guy here that can play literally all four positions to a competent level. Um, Gabriel, yeah, again, was was brilliant. You know, I mean, even Cedric, maybe when he came on, I was... I thought the subs, the subs actually had a pretty good impact on this game. Right when they come on, bringing on Jesus and uh, and Zinchenko when he did to get control of the ball, that was at that period where we'd started to go long and started to give it away and it started to get under a little bit of pressure. And I thought Jesus and Zinchenko definitely added an element of control back and then Erdegaard really late. And obviously that's when Reese's chance come was, was after that and Erdegaard had started keeping the ball and we were over in the corner messing around with it a little bit and worked it back across. So... I thought the the substitutions had exactly the impact that he wanted. He looked at the game, he saw that it was getting too frantic, and he he changed it. Yeah, I think the timing of the subs was absolutely crucial, especially the Jesus Odegaard subs. I think they came right at the right time. I mean, you, you know, I'm big, I'm a I'm a huge Smith Rowe fan, but I think he was. Um, literally like dragging his feet he was not 90 minutes fit and he was starting to show it I think uh getting him off getting Jesus and Odegaard on just just had a a a lot of semblance of control to it and let us see the game out yeah Smith Rowe was out on his feet and you you can't blame him for that because he's 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 barely played I I I didn't like when Jesus come on at first he was shoved out wide again that infuriated me but it was only for a couple of minutes and then he moved into the middle but I you know he, he really we really have to commit to Jesus through the middle and this out wide stuff I know we've got a long injury list for the weekend and we'll talk about that in part two when we when we preview the Bournemouth game but we have to have Jesus in the middle and whatever has to rotate around him is what rotates around him. We've got plenty of players for them wide positions not to move uh, Jesus out there. What I'm hoping is with uh, Nelson's good cameo um, last game and then his good start this game, he is now like a, a he is now a viable uh, starting option at that left or even right wing. Um, regardless of of if it's um, Saka or Martinelli, and um, and th- that's really that's really what I'm hoping for. Um, he, you know, he he's played a, a 
Enkedia so much more. He's so much more familiar with Enkedia. It's nothing but praise for Enkedia. So I'm not surprised he's inclined to go in that direction, but I'm hoping Nelson showed enough because I think if we have to sacrifice Jesus going out wide for Enkedia starting at center forward, it's it, it, it's fine, you know, but it's not as good as we could be. I look at it this way and tell me if you agree with me or not. You may not do. But to me, we know what Eddie is at centre forward, right? And I've, you know, I've been a defender of, of Eddie. I, I like Eddie. I think Eddie's a perfectly reasonable second choice centre forward. I'm not someone that believes you can have Mbappe covering for Lewandowski up front. You know, I just don't believe that that stuff is, is possible. I think you have to have a second choice striker and a second choice striker. He's going to be someone like Eddie. And I think Eddie does an absolutely fine job. I think the difference between Eddie up front and Reese out wide is that I think Reese has got the potential and got a ceiling that can be much higher than what Eddie's can be up front. So I think we know what Eddie can be. I think if you put Eddie in a Crystal Palace team, a Brighton team, whoever you want, I think Eddie can get a team like that 12 to 15 goals a season, which is a very good Premier League Premier League player. Um I, I don't think Eddie's any worse than Ivan Tony, for example. He's a different player, obviously, but I think when you're talking Ooh. about levels of play, I think that's kind of where he is. I think the thing with Reese is that I think Reese has got the potential, and I'm not saying he's going to do it, but I think he has the potential to go way above that. I think Reese is a, is a potential. I don't know if he's a potential superstar, but I do think he's a, he's a he's potentially got a much higher ceiling than where Eddie's is. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent yeah, I do. I, I do think we kind of have Enkedia's ceiling a bit nailed down. I mean, we've seen a lot of him and it's, you know, he he is very good at what he does. But the fact of the matter is what he does is is pretty limited. You know, no disrespect to Eddie because I, I, I mean, I, I like Eddie, you know. But I think Reese has, um, you know, kind of that wild card X factor. And the only thing that's really kept him from growing uh, exponentially has been injuries over the past few years. And that really is the only reason that someone can get to Reese's age and not have progressed and still have a shot, right? Because if you're yeah. 24 yeah. and you just haven't kicked on, then it, the likelihood is you're you're not going to kick on, you know, unless you have like a Me Too season. Do you know what I mean? Like that one outlier season. But to actually kick on, I don't think you're going to do that at that age just out of nowhere. I think when injuries have stunted you and have presented your opportunities, that's when there's a that's when there's a seed in there that can still be realized if you can get that under control. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Um I, I really think Reese could be something special as long as he can string along. Like if he has a consistent season this year with like no injuries, I think we'll see him grow leaps and bounds. Where where Eddie, and again, I mean, no disrespect to him because I like Eddie, you know, this isn't an Eddie bashing podcast or anything, but uh, I think Eddie, you know, we've seen him healthy for several years. We've seen him get a couple pretty long runs in the team. And I just, you know, he, he's going to grow no matter what, just with maturity and, 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 you know, just physically growing, getting, you know, technically better. But I mean, I think we've, we've kind of seen, what Eddie is gonna be? Yeah, on. and I, I'm. I mean, I'm happy for Eddie to be the to be the backup centre forward. I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. One of the things that I really hated 
about the deal to sign Danny Welbeck, and I hated the deal to sign Danny Welbeck, is that I thought we spent the best part of 20 million quid on a player that should have been coming through the youth team. I don't think that that is the sort of player, and, and that extrapolated today is probably 50 million. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I don't think we should be spending, and this is why I'm against the Ivan Tony deal, I don't think we should be spending that sort of money on that level of player. I, I just I just don't see it. Those are the players, to me, that should be coming through Halland. People like Eddie and Ketia, who can fill a role in the squad. You know my feeling on it. I don't think you ever buy squad players. If if you want to if you want to upgrade up front, that's fine. But it's not Eddie you've got to upgrade on. It's Jesus you've got to upgrade on because otherwise you're not getting better as a team. Um. Yeah, I I think I think the this uh, like center forward is kind of the only position I can kind of see myself disagreeing with this in, and it's only because. When you have a smaller, fast, lithe striker like Gabriel Jesus, who's not like a, a a prolific finisher, but he's a master presser, having a guy that like just for example, uh, you know Olivier Giroud, if we had a guy like Olivier Giroud off the bench to be able to come in in certain situations, th- this would be it, it's more like having a plan A and plan B though. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of what I mean, and I think yeah, it's most I get important. That, but I don't think you spend eighty million quid on that. Well, when's the what's the last good striker we've developed? I mean, I remember Benike, Benik of Hobie. Oh, I remember before before Chuba Eddie. Ak- before Eddie, we we've not we've we've not done. I mean, I guess you could say Andy Cole. You know, that's that's probably the the last player to really come through and really. We've got a lot of players. You know, like like Benikafobo, who was who, who had a couple of good years yep. in the Premier League. Yep. Um, obviously, Chuba Akpom has, has done okay, but none of them are. You know, I think Eddie is a level above those players. But that's what I'm saying. That is, to me, that's your youth system's got a couple of. You know, you you're not going to get many Bukayo Sakas, right? Like yep. you're just not. If anyone's thinking we're going to get, like right now, we're talking about one in a C. So how do we solve the problem, Gaff? If 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 you don't want to buy a B string player and we can't, you buy an A string player. player. You buy an A-string player and you demote Jesus to the B-string player. You you do not upgrade Eddie and Ketia. It is the upgrading Eddie and Ketia is the most pointless move that we could ever make. But Absolutely do you see what pointless. I'm saying? I, I think in the striker, the center forward position, it makes sense to have two different type players. It well, does. I think, I, I think we've got that. And what we've done is we've tried to force Eddie and Ketia to play like Gabriel Jesus. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that really works because Eddie was always a poacher, a penalty box player, a finisher. And what we've done over the last two years is knock that out of him completely. And what Eddie is now is a striker that comes back towards the ball and lays the ball off. Like Eddie now is not what Eddie was two years ago. And we have done that to him. So what we've done is we've tried to turn him in to diet Gabriel Jesus. That's our choice. That's an interesting point. I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that, um, but Eddie is different. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, I think we've turned him into a uh, a pressing defensive forward more than like a, an offense. He's, he's look. He's and and I mean this with no offense whatsoever. He's Gabriel Jesus without world class talent. That's what we've turned him into. So he's got. He's doing the best impersonation of Jesus he can 
without being as good as Gabriel Jesus. And we didn't have to do that. We could have left him as he was, as a penalty box player. And if you wanted something towards the end of a game or you wanted to change it, you could bring him on. You could play the two of them together. You could put six foot four up front alongside him and knock the ball up to him if that's what you want to do. You've got those options. And we have decided not to use that as an option. We have decided to turn him into Diet Gabriel Jesus. Um, any any uh, new listeners listening, in case you didn't know, uh, six foot four is Kai Havertz. Um, Gav has referenced him a few times. It's it's Kai Havertz. Okay, six foot four equals Kai Havertz. We we'll get into that probably, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, Gav. Uh, except how Enkedia was, he wasn't scoring off the bench. He was the most ineffectual forward off the bench I've almost ever seen. <laughs> so he, it had it had to change. You know what I mean? Like he had to change. At well, least it, how he it, presses. It, like I that. think it changed. I think it changed more when the the big change was when Jesus got injured, right? Because all of a well, sudden, yeah. bringing someone in for one game or bringing someone off the bench is very different to now you've got to play for four months. It's, yeah. it's very, very different. And I, I think that's when the change really, really started. Um, and I don't know. I just I just don't see I just don't see the validity in upgrading Eddie and Ketia. I, I think it's absolutely pointless to upgrade Eddie and Ketia. I've got no problem with selling Eddie and Ketia and Eddie and Ketia, but if you're gonna do that, the person you need to be looking at is someone like Victor Ossiman, who's gonna come in and play up front, and then Jesus is your change of pace man off the bench. How much have you seen Osim Hen though? He 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 um, can't find like like Jesus does. No, he, no. Well, you want a different yeah. type of striker, right? Yeah, but I mean, so he's I'm more gonna... of a he's more of a powerful runner. He's not like Jesus. I'm not saying he'd be better for this team. I'm saying that that is the move rather than trying to upgrade. I don't think we need to upgrade Jesus, right? Let me make that clear right now. I don't think we do. Wait, no, you've right been now. saying that. You've been no, saying that. For I think we. I think we're going to try to upgrade Jesus. I don't think we need to, but I also don't know. That, I don't know who's out there that we can. Who are we going to go sign? That's going to be an upgrade on Jesus. This is my problem right now. Who are we going to sign? Because now we're being linked by with people like Ivan Tony and Ollie Watkins, and that's just laughable. So I I like Watkins, but he's a lot more similar to Jesus and not as good at all. Uh, Tony, I do not want to be anywhere near that for eighty million, mate. I don't. It's it's a mad price for a player that scores half his goals from the penalty spot, has had one good year in the Premier League. He's going to be 28 in March, I believe. Just coming off a six-month ban. He's not even that big. People think he's huge, but he's not even like a big dude. I just, it doesn't, to me, I don't see the logic in, in that. But I do think we're going to be looking to upgrade Jesus. I do, but I don't know who that's going to be. And I don't think it's something that we absolutely have to do. But if we are going to do this for a centre forward, all I'm saying is I don't think Eddie and Ketter is the one that you want to be upgrading. Because I, I just don't, it doesn't help you. We want to get better as a team, right? We're chasing a historically good team. And yeah. buying a better second choice striker does not improve you as a team. I mean, I, I I think it can if you get a much different profile. You know, I'm looking. At, I've, I've been following this guy, Ties Delinga. I've told you about this guy. He's like six foot four, rapid, 
um, very good. Like, I, I mean, Young, I would love to sign someone like that because he is in more of the Giroud mold. So we, we bring him on in situations. It's, it's not about him being better or worse than Jesus. It's about how they uh, adapt to the team we're playing at that time. Um, and, and, and that's just an example. I, I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I would much rather do what you're saying. But who is there? No, that's 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 my point. I don't know who there is that we can yeah. that we can I mean, actually go and sign. I, the, the, reason I said market... Osserman, the reason I said Osserman is because I do think Osserman's a possibility. I yeah. think we could get Osserman if we if we pushed the boat out and went for it. That's why I said Osserman. And that's it. Like if you could name the top strikers right now, and it's like four people strong. Well, you you have to go the you have to kind of. You know, there's a couple of different types of signing you can do, right? And and I want I want to make this clear. You know, I'm always you don't buy squad players. The only the only difference is when you're buying someone like Alvarez, who's obviously young and he came into yeah. Man City as not as basically a replacement for anybody. He came in as a prospect. So you can do that. You've got the guy um yeah. by an order that we're being linked with at the minute. And he wouldn't come in and replace Jesus already. He'd come in and we'd take a look and see what we had. That's fine. That's a completely different scenario than paying eighty million for someone who isn't as good as Jesus. It's it's just a different different thing. But um, I I think you know kind of the only um, seems like legitimate link we've had to another striker has been uh, Vitor Roque, right? And yeah. from everything I hear, it's uh, he's basically Jesus. I mean, his play style is is Jesus. Yeah, his size, or... his, his size, he's very Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, at the end of the day, maybe that's just what Arteta wants out of his centre forward. Hey, maybe, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what he's maybe that's what he's looking for. You know, yeah. we we we're, we're really not sure. I don't, I, I don't know. I I don't see where I don't I don't see where we're going to magic a centre forward up from that's going to all of a sudden be better than Jesus. I just don't. I we, just don't we're we're not. I mean, the market is. Cri- I mean, you look at United spending what uh, almost eighty million pounds on uh, Hoyland. Well, this is the thing. And if you know, if you think Brentford are quoting people eighty million for Ivan Tony, what do you think Ollie Watkins is going to cost? Ollie Watkins is what twenty three, one hundred and ten million. So it's you know, and, and and you'd be mad to do that. Absolutely mad to do that. So I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's where we're at with that. Um, the draw, just you know, we had our sound who we wanted, and I think I don't think either of us had the whammers away as being the uh, ideal tie for the next round. Um, what you what did you think when you saw that saw that come out? Um, I mean, this is just my own opinion, Gav. I um, and I, I think you share this with me. Um, I I don't much care about the League Cup, the Carabao Cup. Um. You know, I look at it, or I used to look at it as an opportunity to, you know, maybe try something new or or blood in youth or, and, you know, we, we've discussed this off air. Um, I don't really care who we have. I, I'd like to get a weaker opponent just so we could see, you know, maybe Enwinieri or, uh, you know, Miles uh, Skelly, um, you know, you know, somebody like that, uh, Kozer, Duzi, Kozer Dewberry, Kozer Dewberry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but you know, 
it is what it is. Honestly, Gav, I just hope we we see enough rotation where it doesn't hurt us in the Champions League of the league. And if we go out, mate, I'm I'm not gonna care at all. That that's just my feelings, but yeah, my, my feelings on the, the League Cup has always been that it's a really important competition for us, but it's just not important to win it. it it's yeah. It gives you a chance to get the squad involved. It gives you a chance to maybe promote a couple of the young players. And I wouldn't look at this any differently. Now, it comes at quite a nice time because it's November 1st, so it's sandwiched in between Sheffield United at home and Newcastle at home. So nice. it's actually not in a bad spot in the calendar. Um, obviously, you don't want to see Saka on the pitch. You don't really want to see Jesus on the pitch. But yeah. it's but you know we can go there with a we can go there using the using the more rotational pieces and still and still get a win. Um, I don't know how seriously West Ham are going to treat it. I'm guessing it depends where they are in the league at that point and what they've got either side of it. But hopefully, hopefully we can we can get through that and hopefully we can see some of the fringe players play a bit more because we you know you've seen how important it is to get players like Smith Rowe and Nelson out there and get them minutes and Kivior and um Tommy Asu because we're gonna need these players. And yeah and in just um you know leapfrogging on what you just said like uh it's different from the past few years because we actually do have some depth now. You know like exactly what you just said like it in Kivior, Tomiyasu, Smithrow, Vieira, Nelson. You know, we actually have a nice collection. Cedric. Of... We uh, actually have a <laughs> No, no, no. You're, you're right. I mean, the, the lads seem to love him. I mean, you know, I'm I'm I I back Cedric, you know. But anyways, what, getting I... getting the photograph. <laughs> yeah, getting the photograph. But um, you know, I'd I'd always prefer to see you know someone like Roel Walters uh, getting that spotted right back over Cedric because that Cedric... was the most disappointing thing I think about seeing us come out of the hat away at West Ham is that I think it rules out any chance of seeing Roel Walters get a start. Not that I think he would have anyway. I just don't think that's Arteta's way. Um, but I think it rules out the chance of seeing Roel Walters, Skelly, um, Lewis Skelly, or Wanieri, or even Coach Dubry, probably even Sago Junior. I think it rules out the chance of them playing in the next round. It it really sucks too, Gaff, right? Because like, I mean, what, would you rather be just, I mean, it's not even like Cedric guarantees security, right? No, I, I don't see the point of playing Cedric. Yeah. To me, it's absolutely baffling why you would choose Cedric over Rule Waters. Like, what is the worst that's going to happen? Like Cedric's floor Rule Walters' floor can't be much lower than Cedric's. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel the same way, mate. And I, it just, you know, it sucks, man. Because he looked really good in preseason last year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just don't see how he could be, even if he's a little worse than Cedric now. I mean, you're you're paying dividends into your future. But you know, I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm not a manager, so no. So just to just to touch on something non-Arsenal related for a minute, something that's absolutely had me rolling on the floor laughing today. Um, Barcelona have now officially been charged with payments made to the vice president of the refereeing committee. They paid him, I think, 7.3 million euros um, over a 10-year spell. Uh, it's only in La Liga, the stuff about we're going to get awarded the Champions League, that's not going to happen. It's, uh, it's it, the, the guy that they paid off was the, was on the Spanish, the, the Liga refereeing committee, nothing to do with the Champions League. Negreira, right? That's yeah, Enriquez Negreira, yeah. Jose Maria Enriquez Negreira. Um, 
But I mean, it's pretty serious stuff. The Spanish police um, raided the offices at the at the Royal Spanish Football Federation. Um, they came away with documentation. They've raided Barcelona's offices too. The investigation started back in February, so they've had a while to build a case, not as long as the Premier League have against Man City, but they've had a while to build a case. Um, there's some serious punishments that can come out of this, depending on depending on how they find. Um, I mean, I, I, Barcelona may be my least favorite club all time. And all that Masqueon club stuff when they're constantly caught up in controversy and levers and just shady shit constantly i i literally i can't help but just enjoy sorry if anybody loves barca here no one Uh, loves barcelona here no one listening to us loves barcelona i will guarantee that i sure hope so but there's uh, there's no one wearing the half and half scarf but I, I I can't stand the club. I probably dislike them more than Tottenham and United, just me personally. That that Van Persie red card in the was twenty eleven Champions that was, League. That was that was so bad. That that really was outrageous, that that red card. And I, I, I just I can't, you know, I, I, I hate the club. I think the world would be better off without him now that Messi's gone, especially. So I mean, fuck them. Well, we I may can't. see a world without him. Um, or at least a world with them. You know, at the end of the day, when this stuff like this happens, and this is the this is the thing with the Man City thing, it's very hard to start these investigations, make this stuff public, and then go, okay, nothing to see here. You kind of feel like something has to happen, no matter what it is. Something has to happen, and Barcelona are so crooked, and they're still at it today. They released accounts that they made three hundred eighty million euros profit this year. I don't know if you saw this after tax yeah. profits over three hundred million euros. Like that club are ridiculous. They they can't even they can't even buy a pack you know a pack of crisps with their own money. Like it is it is ludicrous how crooked they are. Them and you them and Juve are basically peas in a pod, right? I mean they they dodgy deals between them to to get around this. The question is is how much are La Liga going to defend Barcelona because they lost, obviously they've lost Neymar, they've lost Ronaldo, they've lost Messi, they've lost all their stars in recent years. La Liga as a as an entity is is falling in value and losing Barcelona as well would be a huge blow to that league, to their international reputation, to their international TV deals. So it's how vociferously do Barcelona get defended by the people in power? I, I don't think a lot, Gaff. Um, you, you have, you have, uh, Tebas, who's like their, um, their, the president of La Liga, basically, you know, they signed that CVDC deal for like something absurd, like 10 years or, and, um, they're kind of guaranteed the money that they're going to get. And I think all the other clubs, I don't know if La Liga votes similar to the Premier League, because I've never really heard that. But No, I don't think it does. The Premier League is weird because think so of the either. way the Premier yeah. League was formed. La Liga yeah. is different. But if there's any kind of influence from the other clubs, I think they're ready to start taking back the lion's share of marketing that Madrid and Barcelona get. And they're only going to look to benefit from this. You know, this is in Madrid probably will pull for it too, unless it affects them too much. So, I mean, what we're seeing now could be a drastic change in La Liga. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't want to pretend like an expert. I mean, I, I only know what I read, but I've been reading up on this quite a bit. And I, I think this actually could be decently bad for Barca. I, I don't think they're going to go into administration or anything, but 
I think they're they're going to start having kind of the hammer thrown on them. We'll keep up to date with this as it goes along, and we will we will talk about it as as stuff comes out. Right now, it's very very early. Like I said, the investigation's been going on for a few months, but the charges have only just come out either yesterday or today. I think it might even have been today that the charges were released. So we'll we'll catch up with that another time because it is it is interesting stuff. Obviously, they're a long time foe of ours. You mentioned the the Robin van Persie red card. We've obviously got the Champions League final in two thousand six. Um, five years five years in a row it seems like getting stuffed by them in the uh in the champions league round of 16 as well so we've we've got some history there so i think we're we're looking on with um we're looking on with interest i hope we get them this year i do i'd love to get them in like round of 16 i'd like to get them in the final because that means we've made it they're not going to make it to the final but well, we we, can, we, we can probably won either but yeah don't, don't say that don't say that hey, and it's at wembley hey. so if we get there all of the big teams are kind of down. I mean, even Bayern, Inter, uh, Barca. I, I, I've said it all along. The biggest competition in the, the two best teams in that are Arsenal and Manchester City. Um, I think you're right. Real Madrid have the have the Champions League hoodoo, um, whatever it is that that they do to cast a spell over people in the Champions League. But I think the two best teams are us and Man City. So we'll right. see about that. All right, mate. Well, listen, let's leave the first half there. Um, we'll come back for the second half and we'll we'll preview the Bournemouth game. Perfect. All right, mate. See you on the other side. All right. Hey, guys. Just a couple of quick halftime messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as the NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. I'm going to preview the Bournemouth game, and obviously we're going to start where we always do with the Who Am I game. It's a player that played for both Arsenal and Bournemouth. It is a simple one today, and I apologise, but it's not that easy to find players that played for both. So here we go. Are you ready? I am. All right. Who am I? I started my career with Sheffield United, although I never started a league game. After a short loan spell at Worksop Town, I moved to Bournemouth. I had loans at Chesterfield and AFC Wimbledon before establishing myself in the first team, playing 37 league games. I then moved back to Sheffield United before signing for Arsenal and playing 76 league games. Who am I? Jazz, have you got the most obvious who am I of all time? I do. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll revisit it at the end and uh, I'm sure you'll be right. If not, we're all going to laugh at you. (laughs) So... We've got injury problems, right? I mean, that's I think that's where we start here. Um, yeah. Timber yeah. and Partey are obviously out. Looks like Martinelli is going to be out. Saka, Trossard and Rice are doubtful. Saliba and Vieira have both got knocks that we found, we found out about in the week. The Vieira one I'm not surprised about. I did say last week after the Spurs game that I, was, I thought he might have been injured because he took a couple yeah. of big whacks in that first half. He did, um, yep. So that doesn't that doesn't really surprise me. The injuries are a, the injuries are a concern. I mean, 
you know, I don't know. The Martinelli one, eventually, with a player like Martinelli, he's going to get a hamstring pull. He pays at 100 miles an hour for every minute yep. of every game. Partey is just injury prone. We know what he is at this point. Timbers one, it's an ACL like that. That happens. Saka was a yep. Saka was a kick. Rice is a back. I'm not sure. I've seen people bitching and moaning about the physios and and the, our tr- medical staff. I'm not sure how much that that's got to do with anything. To be honest, no, I don't think so, Gav. I mean, I think all these are are pretty logical injuries um, that that just happen, especially when we're uh, we're a team like Arsenal that you know don't like it up them. Um, I mean, that's been the reputation now for what, 20, I mean, maybe even 30 years. I don't, I don't know before 2002, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with our, with our physio team or anything like that. I, I think all these are, you know, bound to happen. I mean, Saka has been, we can all say it. He's probably been overplayed. Well, I think he's going to play tomorrow. My, my feeling is Saka will play tomorrow. That's what I think. I think out of all these players that I've just said, the one most likely to play is Saka. I think Saliba's likely to play, but I do think Saka's going to play. Well, I do. I do know Arteta likes to play games with this 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 whole fitness roulette thing. So, I mean, you may be right. I could see Saliba, Saka. Fuck. I mean, Timber. Maybe he even lines up. You know, who knows? <laughs> but crutches. <laughs> yeah, leave, just leave him on till the last five minutes. <laughs> But, um, you know, Arteta does like to play those games, uh, likes to keep everything, you know, open-ended and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Saka, I can see Saka, Trossard, and Saliba all being fit tomorrow. I think the bigger worry here is that, once again, we're getting cluster injuries, right? We're getting injuries in the same area of the pitch. So Martinelli's out. Okay, that's fine. We'll play Trossard. Oh, no, he's out as well. Partey's out. Well, thank God we paid 105 million for Declan Rice. Well, now he's a doubt as well. You know, it's it's players in the same area of the pitch, and that is a problem. Even Saka being out, you think, well, you know, he he tried Vieira there a few times. Vieira actually looked quite bright. Now Vieira's out. So that's the that's what really kills you is when you get these injuries in the same position because no matter what anyone says, we cannot have a 36 man squad. Yeah, it's just the way it is, though, isn't it? I mean, I like I, I'm never. I don't know, Gav. I mean, I mean, I'm never one to like. I don't want to blame shit on injuries. Injuries happen to everybody at different levels. I mean, do I feel like we may be more afflicted? I mean, sure, but, but that, that hasn't been the case, though. I don't think for the last couple of years there was a spell under Arsene Wenger in particular. But I think that could be yeah. explained by the fact that we tended to buy a lot of injury-prone players. We did, and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know. But there's reasons. There's reasons for that. They're cheap, right? Like that's that's the thing. At that point, we were not spending big money, so you're not going to be able to buy Mark Overmars for the money we paid for Mark Overmars if he hadn't done his ACL eighteen months earlier. That's just a fact. We wouldn't have been able to get Thomas Rosicki out of Dortmund unchallenged if there wasn't a worry with his injury history. Do you know what I mean? Like the players we were signing are players that are a little bit broken. They've got a little bit of a stain from somewhere. And that is how it manifests. We've kind of always done that. I mean, even, you know, looking at Van Persie, you know, I mean, I know he was one of ours. We did. It wasn't like, I mean, we had him forever, but um 
you know, he didn't have like a fully injury free season until that last one before he yeah, left us. Until his good season, basically. Yep. You know, and, and that's that at that point, that was just how it was. But the last couple of years, I don't feel it's been like that. You know, take Thomas Partey out of it. And I think you just have to accept that Thomas Partey is just an injury prone player. Um, I just don't think his body is basically built for the Premier League. I think if you take him out of it and you take Tierney out of it, who's is exactly the same. But without them, we've not really had tons and tons of injuries. You know, you've got Tommy Asu, it's all the same players. It's not like it's it's not like it's all these different players. Our problem is that we were leaning so heavily on a few injury prone guys. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, even though when you look at uh party's injury history before signing for us, it was like non existent. Um, he also didn't play a ton of games though before he signed for us. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not people. I, like I've Thomas looked at Party was playing thirty-five games a season for like league games a season for ten years before he signed for us. He wasn't. So there's that. And then you've got the Premier League is just obviously a much more difficult league than La Liga to play in. You're asked to do more. You're asked to cover more ground. It's more, it's physical, more physical and faster. And and we don't have breaks at Christmas. The weather's colder, which obviously affects strains and stuff like that. So yep. there's there's differences, and we've at the end of the day we signed him, and it, it is what it is, and you just have to accept that he's he's going to come back, right? He'll come back in the next couple of weeks. He'll be here for a couple of months, and then he's going to be out again for a couple of months. Yeah, that's I mean the way of it, right? Um, yeah, that's not going to change now. Yeah, I mean, I would say the only really um, shocking or shocking, I don't even know if that's the right word, but the only really shocking injury we had last season was the Jesus one for like three, four months. Yeah. That really derailed our season because, I I, I mean, I think every Gooner expected, you know, party to miss, tyranny to miss, you know, that that was no surprise. Yeah, I mean, and and Saliba just came down from six foot up in the air against Fulham and landed on his back. Like like that stuff is going to happen at some point during the season. The problem was he's yeah, the problem was is that we replaced him with Rob Holding. Yep. Yeah, just like Rice right now. I mean he's got a back injury, like a mystery back injury. He's been mostly fit for every West Ham game over the past few seasons and you know, but sometimes this stuff happens, especially these back injuries. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't think there's anything wrong that Arsenal is doing or the physios are doing. It's just, you know, they're, they're you normal just, injuries. You just, have to, you just have to deal with it. Um, yeah. You know, and we're going down to Brighton. It's not the worst fixture to be going when you've got a little bit of an injury crisis. Last year was the, the 3-0 game, the Saliba left foot whipped into the top corner game, the... The, the birth of the Saliba chant. That game last season, I think, was the one where we really arrived. It was early on. It was the third or fourth game of the season, I think. Um, but I think that was the one when everyone set up and went, oh, you know what? They're, they're quite good. Brighton, Arsenal? Bournemouth. Bournemouth, Arsenal. And we won okay. three yeah, new yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. I, I thought you said Brighton. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, that was the like stand up and look at this club because they are actually good. And Saliba is like a world class center back type game. Yep. Yeah, that was the that was the beginning of it. And you know, this year we're going there, and we like I said we do have our problems. But Bournemouth haven't started well. They've got they've got three draws and three defeats from six games in the league. They've beaten two championship sides. 
in the Carabao Cup. Um, but they've got a couple of little injuries as well. Um, Solanke's carrying a knock. He might be fit, but he might not be. Tyler Adams had a hamstring problem over the summer. He played his first minutes on Wednesday night in the in the Cup. So they've got a couple of things. Um, we should be dispatching these, even if we are missing a few key pieces. I think so, yeah. And if we cannot then we're not title challengers. I think that's that's absolutely fair. There, there's some there's some decisions that Arteta is going to have to make here, right? They're obviously depending on who's missing. I think this all starts for me in one place, and that is Gabriel Jesus, he's centre forward. He's not on the right, he's not on the left, he's centre forward. Even if everyone we listed is out, Gabriel Jesus needs to play through the middle. You can play Reese and... Emil Smith Rowe, either side. I don't. I don't care how you do it, but for me, Gabriel Jesus has to play through the middle. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I think, um, man, I, I don't know what Arteta sees in in Kedia playing through the middle. I mean, I assume it's a pressing thing because he's also persisting with Havertz right now, where. He's not doing anything offensively, but he's being very good defensively, impressing wise. Um, he's six yeah, foot four I, as well. Yeah, six foot four. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's six four. So, I mean, that's 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 a part of it. But I, I mean, personally, I would rather see Ramsdale start tomorrow. I don't think he will. I think, um, well, uh, he's going to be Raya. There, there's no doubt it's going to be Raya. Um, ben White's going to play at right back. Why do you prefer Ramsdale? I think he's a better goalkeeper. I've told you that from the start. I think Ramsdale is a better goalkeeper than Raya. I don't like my goalkeepers as short as Raya is. I think Ramsdale's two or three inches taller. My personal belief is that Ramsdale is a better goalkeeper than David Raya. That that is just how I that is how I see it. I mean that's that's just it. But I don't think Raya's I don't think Raya's bad. I just think Ramsdale is better. I um I, I don't think there's enough between them for me to even argue. You know, I mean, I think they're very close um, and they have uh, slightly different strengths and weaknesses. But yeah, you know, I, I I don't take any offense to Ramsdale's better. I just think, you know, we brought Ryan for a reason. I agree. I That's why I think he's going to play. That's why I yeah. think he'll play. I do think that if we sign him for 30 million in the summer, it's the biggest waste of resources that we've ever had. Um, but I, I, I do think it will happen. I, I think we will absolutely waste that money. Hmm. How much did we pay for Squalashi? Three and a half million, I think. Okay. Then yeah, you're probably right. You, yeah, it's it's. It, I think it would be right. absolutely absolutely pointless. But I think he's going to do it. But anyway, so I think he'll start tomorrow. Uh, ben White's going to be at right back. Um, shout in if you disagree with me on any of this. I think Saliba. Sure. If Saliba can make it, I think Saliba's going to play right. Um, and if Saliba doesn't, then obviously it will be Tommy Asu. Um, Gabriel is going to continue. And it's, it's interesting he played Gabriel, and I thought he would, because I think Gabriel looks like he needs games. Does he? Yeah, does he look like I, I agree. Too? Yeah, yeah no, 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 like I agree. He needs games. Well, and, you know, he missed, what, uh, was it uh, two games or three in the three. beginning? Where, At the yeah, beginning three. of the season, three. And, yep. he, you know, he had that little knock playing for Brazil as well. And yep. I just think I just think Big Gabby's one of them players that he's a bit like a train once yep. he's going, you you need to just keep him keep him in there, um, and so I think he'll play. Zinchenko's going to play. 
Yep. Defensive midfield, I think even if Rice is fit, I don't think Rice is going to start. I think he's going to start Jorginho, whatever yep. happens. Um, Erdegaard's going to start, I think, six foot four starts, regardless of whether Vieira makes it or not. I think the Vieira question comes on the right-hand side because I think you've got a choice to make in that front line. I, I don't really see Trossard making it. Um, and if Saka doesn't make it, this is, to me, is where the decision comes in. Um, to me, it should be Jesus through the middle, Reese on the yep. left, and then Vieira on the right. Yes, that's and, exactly what I would do. Yeah, but if Vieira doesn't make it, I would flip that, I think, and I would play Reese on the right, and I would play Smith Rowe coming yep. from the left. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's how I would that's how I would do it. Yep, same. I mean, I, I I mean, I know this is poor discussion for a podcast, but that's exactly what I would do. Yep. Do you think Brilliant. there's a chance that he goes with um with Eddie up front and Jesus out wide? I mean, our best performances this season, the only time we ever look like scoring basically is when Jesus is, is through the middle. Even Spurs, we scored two goals. One's an own goal and one's a penalty. So the only time we've really clicked was PSV, and okay, it's a weaker standard of competition, but it's not a it it's not really a shock that it comes with Jesus playing straight through the middle. Yeah, Gav. Unfortunately, I think there's more than a chance we see that happen, but I I, I don't want it. I don't want it. But I no, I, I I think what Arteta will do. I think if Saka is if Saka is fit, Saka is going to play, and then I think we'll see. Then I definitely think we'll see um, Jesus through the middle because I think he'll start Reese. But I think Saka's. I do. Yeah, I think he'll start. I think he'd start Reese and then and then um, and Jesus through the middle. But I think if Saka is out, I can see him starting Jesus off at the right, playing, yeah. and then you know, and then Eddie, and Eddie yeah, up top, the and then Nelson yeah, left. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I. That's how I think he'll. I think he'll I, do it if Saka's not there. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. And, uh, you know, honestly, I thought uh, Jesus, no, I'm sorry, not Jesus, Eddie. I thought Eddie, he, he kind of burned out. I mean, he was working super hard and don't get me wrong. He had a great game, but I think he was kind of um, burning out as well towards the end. On Wednesday night? Yeah, on Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and he, you're right, he did have a good game on Wednesday. I thought I thought Nketiah had an excellent game on Wednesday. Um but yeah, he was he was maybe tiring a bit towards the yep. end. So as I, mean, I said, I think if Saka makes it, if Saka makes it, I think Eddie's on the bench. But I I just have this feeling that if Saka doesn't make it, that he's gonna play Jesus out there. Do you want do you I mean we all hope right soccer plays but do you want him to play you know i'm i'm fine with it because saka has a way of playing within himself is saka's not someone that's that's all out every game like like i would be a lot more worried about martinelli playing with an injury than i am with saka playing through an injury just because of their style and the way they the way they play now i do think that the management against spurs was horrendous where yeah. Saka's on one leg and he's being left out there with no need for it at all. We had subs left. There was no need to leave him on the pitch there. Yeah. Um, so I think that was horrendous. Him playing games, I'm not bothered by players playing games. Give them the week off. If they want to rest, give them training sessions off. I'm just, yeah. I'm not bothered about playing players playing games. If he's now, now this is a different scenario if his ankle is the size of a baseball. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a different scenario. But if he's fit to play, I have no problem with Saka playing. 
If there was a Premier League game that I would be okay with Saka skipping out on, especially because we already know he's carrying an injury, it'd be this one. Well, we have Lons away on Wednesday night too, and I've got to assume that Arteta is going to go as close to full strength as he possibly can for that one away in Europe. I I don't see him putting out a Carabao Cup side in in that game. So no, if, no. if Saka, whether Saka plays or not, on he'll be in Saturday, He's playing yeah. in Lons. Yeah, I th- I agree with that hundred percent. I think he'll be starting against Lons. Yeah, which is which is why I I wouldn't mind him. I, I don't. I wouldn't mind because I don't think it's. I don't think it's. You know. I, I think we can get the result without Saka in this one, so I wouldn't mind it. But like I said, my my fear is that it's going to be Jesus wide and Eddie up top for this, and I, I just don't think that works. I would rather see it be be Jesus up through the middle and then Smith Rowe and Nelson either side. To me, that makes so much more sense. But I just. I don't know. I just don't see him doing that. I was listening to, um, I, I usually like graze through the podcast today. Somebody said, uh, Arteta said Smith Rowe took a knock. And then we don't even know if Yaris fit either. So we could just be in a bit of a, a cursed situation right now. But uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think um, if we can win this game without Sokka, we should try. Um. And, uh, you, you know, Nelson's fine on the right. I know he's been better on the left, but he's fine on the right. Uh, Smith Rowe will be great on the left. Uh, yeah, you can, I mean, you can move him about if you need to. You can you can swap players about in positions if you need to during the game. I know Arteta doesn't really like doing that, but you can easily switch ESR and, and, and Nelson over at some point if you want. And, you know, if you wanted it, if you wanted to make the team a lot worse, you could even move Gabriel Jesus out wide during the game. Yep, I mean, and uh, you know, um, we we haven't really talked about this. I don't, at least his performance. But I mean, uh, Sago Junior, he he had a fine game. He yeah, yeah, he was he was fine. I mean, I I don't think he's going to be in consideration to start this game. Um, I I don't think he's going to be in consideration to start a Premier League game. But he was, yeah, he was he was fine. He he, you know, he wasn't spectacular, but he was he was fine. I think um, just just having somebody like that, getting that experience and doing, you know, presenting himself as he did, you know, he, he didn't light it up, of course, you know, I, I agree. But, um, you know, he shows that he can hang at that level, at least, which I think is is positive, considering we literally don't have another right winger in the squad. Well, it's, but Arteta's a bit weird with this, though, because he'll do this, yes. he'll no, play him, and yes. then we won't see him again for a year. Do you know what I mean? You saw it with, yeah. with Wanieri. Yeah, um, you know, and we've seen it, but we've seen it with with plenty of youth players in the play. Even Raw Waters got called up; he's on the bench a few games, and all of a sudden, you don't see him for a year. This is kind of how Arteta does it. I don't understand the pecking order with the youth players. To be quite honest with you, it, you know, we've all we've heard about is is on that wing. Cozier Dubry could be could be the man. He could be the next one to come out, and then when the chance arrives, he plays someone else. So I don't really understand the pecking order with the under twenty ones. I'm sure it must have to do with his discussions with the, with the um, you know the development staff and all that stuff. But I don't I don't really understand it. Yeah, I think he tries to be ridiculously merit based, and when I say like ridiculously, I mean like get three hat tricks against United. You know what I mean? Like in the under twenty one game, and then you might get a chance um, because. His stuff with the, with, and, you know, I think Enwin Yeri was, was uh, 
uh, about the contract. To be honest, I really hundred percent. It was it was yeah. it was to show him and to show the other kids that there was a pathway, even yeah. when we're playing well. Yeah. So I I mean yeah I agree. Uh, Arteta is really weird about this kind of stuff, and um, you know he claims to. Be, oh, I don't want to say that. That that makes it sound like he's being disingenuous, but. Um, you know, he does make a lot of claims about, uh, like work and training and stuff like that. But then we, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you well, know, we're not, apparently... we're not privy, you know, we're not, we're not privy inside, yeah, we're not privy working yeah. to train every day. Like I said, I'm sure these decisions are made with after discussions with the development staff. Um, so I, I'm sure that I'm not saying there's no method to it. I'm sure there is a method to it. I'm just saying that I don't know what it is. So if we if he is to bring a youth team player in there, maybe it is Sago Junior. But I think there's equally every chance that it's Cozy Dubri that that comes in if he's if he's going to do. It. I mean, I don't see either happening, but I I just I couldn't tell you which one it was going to be if he was going to play one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I imagine at least one or two will be on the bench with the injuries, unless you know there's some miracles happening with. You know Trossard, Martinelli, Rice. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by, I'm intrigued by that. I mean, I, I think a couple of these players are going to make it, right? Like whether they're starting or not. Like I, I think Saka is at minimum going to be on the bench. I, I just, I just don't see. I, I don't know. I just, I can't see a world where he's not. Um, I, I think Vieira will probably make it. Um, but yeah. and we'll, we'll and, and Saliba as well probably. We'll, we'll have to see. I don't see. All of those players. How, how many did we name? Three, five, eight. So eight, eight players. You know, we we know that Timber Party and Martinelli are definitely missing out. Yeah. I don't think the other five are all going to miss out. I think at least three no. of them are going to make it, even if it's onto the bench. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see. Uh, I think Trossard one hundred percent will be there. Well, we've had this before with Trossard, right? He's out. He's out. He's out. Oh my god, he's starting. Yep. Yeah. So it's you know it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the first time, yeah. Um, and and he gives us a lot of flexibility at uh you know uh center forward and uh left or right. Yeah, and he's 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 played off the right too. I mean he's not as effective off the right, but he's he he has played there. Yeah. Um, but this this is a must win for us, I think, because it has to be. Yep. Yeah. City go to Wolves. We're already we're already four points off the pace after six games, and and the points dropped. We're at home. That was that's the, to me that's the biggest thing. It's not just that we've dropped four points; it's that we've dropped them at home in games we should have won, in games we've been leading. That's that to me is the bigger problem here. Um, and City go to Wolves. They're going to win there, so they're going to come to the Emirates with seven wins from seven. We have to win on Sunday, or, or we're just going to be. We're just going to uh, on Saturday. Sorry, we're just going to find ourselves too far, too far behind. Yeah, I mean, especially considering City is 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 the next Premier League game. Um, I mean, we could find ourselves seven or ten points behind if we. Yeah, and there's there's like, no chance you know of I mean? us making like, that up. Like, I want to make that yeah, clear right no now. Chance. There is yeah. no chance of us making that up. Nope. So if we want to have, and I, I don't, I can accept if we we fall away in in April, mm-hmm. I can't accept being out of it by the start of November. Like to me, that is that with the especially with the start that we've had, like our fixtures could not have been any kinder. Yep. Yeah, mate. No, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, we cannot be out of it 
right now and consider ourselves like a, a serious team. No, so we a title, a title contender. No, so we we have to. I think I think to I think to be a title contender, I think we have to win this game. It was, it's just it's just too early to be dropping these dropping these silly points. We we can't carry on doing it, but we we need to start creating some chances, just because I think that's the biggest thing for me so far is that we're not scoring enough goals. But not only are we not scoring enough goals, we don't even look like scoring enough goals. Well, what are you thinking, Gaff? Something has to. We've got to find some way to get this clicking, right? I think. I think yeah. the tempo has to be raised for a start. I think we've been too slow. I think we're being too methodical, moving the ball left to right. Not. It's not the horseshoe of death. Don't get me wrong. It, it's not yeah. that. But I think we're being. We're just being too slow. We're not switching the ball quick enough. And there's something. Something is just not working in that front line. And I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm hoping Arteta has got a better idea than me, but we are just not creating enough chances. We are, we, we have created 38 big chances, less than Liverpool, six games, yep. 36 less than Man City in six games. You can't do that. Mate, I don't want to point out the obvious, but I, I don't like what Havertz has brought to us offensively. I think his pressing numbers are great. His defensive numbers have been great. Um, Every time I watch him, even when when the pundits and stuff say he's had a good game, I see it doing the bare minimum. Um, Granite was actually out there, uh, you know, playing progressive passes, winning the ball just like Havertz. you know, pressing when he could, dropping into the the back line to defend, uh, but he was scoring, he was assisting. Havertz looks like a deer in headlights when he's got the ball in the 18-yard box. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want the ball. Like, I I pointed this out on Wednesday night. He gets the ball in the box, and he does not want to shoot. He's scared what's going to happen when he shoots. Yeah, he's he's playing scared. He's playing scared. He's he's lacking confidence. He's, you know, I, I know he's big. You know, that that's great. And I, I know Arteta wanted something like that in his, you know, more forward line. That's fine. But I think as of right now, he he really needs to sit out and be eased back in because it, it, it's not working. See, for me, it for me, it, it goes beyond that, right? It's not just I don't know if you heard, but he's six foot four. It's not just that he's, he's what he's in there. It's that six foot four has a tendency to go up front and we aim the ball at his head. And to me, that is the bigger problem here. The bigger problem is that the whole structure of the team is changing and there's no problem, right? Teams are going to, teams are going to evolve. You have to evolve, but what we've got right now is not working. So something has to change. We cannot keep just pushing him up top and whacking the ball up to his head because that is not helping him as much as anything else. Yeah. Let me ask you a, a really serious question right now. Was the whole purpose of bringing in Raya so we could find six foot four head? Uh, it looks it, doesn't it? I mean, it I, I, the whole point of this six foot four thing, where this started, is I, I said to everybody, I do not believe that we paid sixty five million for Kai Havertz. I think we paid sixty five million for six foot four, right? I, I think it's immaterial. That it was Kai Havertz. We just wanted a big body in there, 
And I do not get it. And yes, I think the Raya, I think the Raya transfer is linked to the Havertz transfer. Havertz is not what we thought he was going to be. Can you put it in meters for our European listeners? No. (laughs) I I, I don't understand meters. I never have. That's fine. We don't. See, this is a common misconception in England. We don't use meters. Can you put it in stone? I could do it in stone, but you'd have to give me a weight because that's a weight measurement. But I can do stone. No, I, no, I know, uh, I know. But, but we don't actually use meters and we don't use kilometers. So that's, um, you know, that's it's kind of uh, some weirdos use Celsius, but I don't, I don't know. That's, that's beyond me too. But yeah, that's the thing though. Just do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I think no, the I... style of play, the style of play is basically affected by the fact that he's six foot four. I think no. our style of play is affected by it. And I don't think that we're getting any benefits from it. Gav, I hate it. And yes, yeah, I see it too. And I, I hate it. So the whole impetus on Arteta first coming in was like play out from the back, play out from the back, even at the detriment of the team. Right? You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that FA Cup run even. Yeah, we, were... yeah, we won the Cup final. Our goals were all exactly the same. Playing out yeah. from the back, getting it to a Bamiyang yeah. over on the left wing, him coming yeah. in and curling it into the corner. They, they yeah. were, it was exactly the same recipe over and over again. Exactly. And now, now, when we have a viable option, we're not using it as an option. We're using it as the go-to. After, after uh, what is it? Is it uh, two and a half, I guess, two and a half seasons of playing out of the back consistently. Now we just want to hit it long. It's I like saw a crutch, it. right? Do you think it's like a crutch? Because it seems I to do. be in the I same, do. and it seems to be in the same area. We, we've had a problem ever since Arteta come in of this 15 minute spell before half time, right? How often do we start a game really well? We get to the half hour and all of a sudden we seem to go to shit. We do it all the time. We 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 just end. We start quick and we end the half so slowly, and then we tend to have a similar spell, kind of in the middle of the second half. And what's happened is, as soon as we start getting into that spell, we start immediately going long, and the ball immediately comes back at us. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I agree, hundred percent. And it it's like I I understand what guys like James Mc. McDinklis and, and uh, Tim Stillman, they both say the same thing, that uh, we prioritize hitting long and winning the second ball. But the only... I would, player... I would buy that if we ever won a second ball. Yeah, the only player that does that is Jesus and sometimes in Kedia. I feel like nobody else does it. It's not a common event for our team. It's just not. So I, I just I, I find the whole thing really dumb and I, I find like it, it feels like um archaic football at this point to me. Like you buy a, a big ass attacking midfielder that's gonna run past your striker to win headed balls from a good passing goalkeeper. I mean, but he's not doing that and he looks afraid to score a goal. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre experiment that I mean, we have to change the way that, that the experience being conducted or the outcome is going to be failure. Like, there's there's no doubt about it. We cannot continue to do what we've been doing because it's not working. So they've got to change something. And I, I hope they can get it figured out. I, I don't know what the ceiling for Kai Havertz is. Personally, I don't have much faith that it's particularly high. I think our best case scenario is that he's 
decent for a couple of years before he goes back to Germany on loan. Personally, I think that's that's kind of where it's going. Um, but what what we have to do is make sure it doesn't derail the entire team because he's desperately trying this. I think um, I think Kai's going to end up um, outside the the left eight. I don't I don't think he's going to play there much longer. I think. Well, um, I didn't think he would when he signed, right? Like I, my immediate I did, yeah. thought was he's coming in to compete with Jesus up front, and I, I think his best performances for us have come when he's been up top. Me too. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that at all. I think his best performances have been in like the false nine. He can and, actually and, and like you want a second, you want a different type of option. There it is. He's already yeah. there. Yeah, there it is. Yep, and I'm 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 totally comfortable with that. But Arteta's, you know, going back to Willian and stuff like that, I'm just worried that Arteta's going to persist with this until January, February. Oh, I definitely think he will. I definitely yeah. think he will. We ain't going away from this anytime soon. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm scared, Gaff. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to have to see what because our season will be our season will be uh, over. Uh, you know, the the only the only other thing is that the the other players have got to adapt around it because we haven't adapted to this at all. Um, so the other players, if if we are not going to adapt the way we're using him, then everyone around him has got to try and adapt to it, and that that is not happening so far. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I, I think there's there's something to be said. Sorry, I've got a dog climbing in my lap. Uh, there's something to be said about um, about uh, him just looking scared. You know what I mean? Like looking scared in the position. And I think that uh, no matter what, the goal will change that though. Like I, I do think I do think goal it, will. I do think yeah. it improves when the first goal goes in. Like I don't think it's going to be like this forever. Um, I just don't know how much better it's going to be. You know, that's that's my worry. I do think it gets better when he scores. I just don't know how much it gets better. Yeah, I think it will improve his confidence a lot to have, you know, a goal contribution or two. But I just, um, man, I really, really, really wish we would. I mean, I'd like him to only be a forward. He shouldn't be a midfielder in this team. He just shouldn't. Well, I think we're going to see that experiment again on Saturday, one way or another. I just, I think he's definitely playing in, in midfield on Saturday. So let's see if we can start to maybe adjust around it and hopefully exceed our expectations on it. Because we, you know, we, the only way that we are going to get ourselves into a title race properly is if we can start firing as a team, which we're not doing so far. So just let's um, finish up with the uh, with the Who Am I game. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to read it out again for you. Who am I? I started my career with Sheffield United, although I never started a league game. After a short loan spell at Worksop Town, I moved to Bournemouth. I had loans at Chesterfield and AFC Wimbledon before establishing myself in the first team, playing 37 league games. I then moved back to Sheffield United before signing for Arsenal and playing 76 league games. Who am I? I mean, it's obvious, isn't it, Gav? It's Jack Wilshire. No, it's Aaron Ramsdale. It's Aaron Ramsdale. It, it is. It's the best goalkeeper at Arsenal, Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, we will catch up again uh, at the start of next week to do the review. We will have a right at the end tomorrow after the game. That is only on YouTube. So if you guys go to our YouTube channel, uh, we'll be on there. Generally, we're on there within about 10, 15 minutes of the game ending. Um, get our reaction there. And we will see you on this channel again next week.
So it's goodbye from me. And thank you, Jaz. Hey, thanks, Gav. And thank you, listeners. You guys have a good night. All right. Good night.